So 157 years ago, in 1865, the U.S. Congress passed the 13th Amendment, which ended slavery in the United States. And we know this from our history classes, and we're familiar with it. We've seen it in movies, slavery, what it looks like. And it's a great thing that this has, uh, that this has been abolished. Slavery has been abolished, and this law took place. And we are familiar with slavery and what it entails, like I said, movies we watched, what we've learned in school. But a slave, as we know, is somebody who's not free. They're a human person, but their rights have been taken away. They now belong to somebody else and not to themselves. So they've lost their rights. They've lost and been stripped of their human dignity. And here we are, again, 157 years later, we're thankful to God. Slavery is over. Slavery is a bad and horrible thing. We're glad that it's illegal. We don't see it anymore. And as much as we think about it today in this thought process, a lot of us, believe it or not, are still enslaved. Myself included, we can fall in slavery. And you may be thinking, well, I'm not a slave. I don't belong to anybody. I am my own free person. I make my own choices. But that's physical slavery. No one here is physically enslaved. We don't belong to anybody else. But that's physical slavery. What I'm talking about today is spiritual slavery. There's a type of slavery that is spiritual, which really tries to enslave us, to control us. And when we talk about Jesus and when we think of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, We know that Jesus 2,000 years ago made spiritual slavery illegal, right? When he died on the cross, and we know that he opened up the gates of heaven for us to be able to not be enslaved and only go to hell after we pass away. And we thank Jesus for that, right? We're not spiritually enslaved anymore because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. But not only that way, we can also look at it from today, now, Yes, Jesus died on the cross for us 2,000 years ago. We are no longer enslaved to going to hell. But also now, Jesus desires for us daily not to be spiritually enslaved. That we can have peace in our lives. We can have joy in our lives. We can live this life of fulfillment that Jesus talks about in the scriptures. But there is some bad news while we're here on earth. That there is a spiritual slave master who seeks to enslave us spiritually, which is the devil. This is a reality. And daily, this spiritual slave master seeks to enslave us, and it usually starts in our minds. This is really where the evil one works, right? If we want to know where is the battlefield in this spiritual battle that we fight every single day, it's between the ears, which is right here in the mind. This is where spiritual slavery takes place. And if we don't fight back and we don't recognize what's going on, that not only will our mind be corrupted, we'll be enslaved in our minds, but then it will enslave us in our hearts, in our souls. And so today's gospel gives us many examples of how the evil one really seeks to enslave us spiritually by using our minds. I'll go through three examples from today's gospel. There was a lot in today's gospels. We'll just touch on three different examples. Gospel example number one, where the evil one tries to spiritually enslave us in our minds, is when it comes to settling disputes, settling conflict. Jesus says in today's gospel, if you are to go with your opponent before you go to court, make an effort to settle the matter on the way. 
Basically, Jesus is talking about today, when he's talking about this, what Jesus is saying, yes, it's probably something legal. Before you get to court, what he's saying is settle with your opponents. Why is Jesus saying this? So legally, yes. Why? What happens? Things get dragged out in court, months and years, and I'm filled with anxiety, a lot of fear. I don't know. I'm angry. There's a lot going on. And Jesus is saying, hey, I don't want that for you. I don't want you to be spiritually enslaved in your mind. I want you to settle with your opponents, not just legally, but also we know with friends and family. There are people who annoy us, disappoint us, make us angry, and we're called, and Jesus is saying, hey, settle those disputes. Settle the disputes so you can be free. I don't want you to be spiritually enslaved. Here, while you're on earth, I don't want you to be filled with bitterness and anger and unforgiveness because that just messes with your mind and I don't want that for you. But the evil one comes in when there is dispute in our lives with others, courts, whatever it may be, and the evil one just sees it as an opportunity to come in and seeks to enslave us in our minds. And he says the complete opposite of what Jesus says. Right? He says the complete opposite of what Jesus says. The evil one will say, don't be a pushover. Fight until the end. Don't give up. Don't forgive. Ruin their name. Engage in gossip. Make sure everybody knows. Why? Because he wants us to be enslaved in anger, bitterness, resentment, stress, and fill in the blank. This is a great example of how he tries to work. And we need to think, what are the disputes in my life? Where are their disputes? How can I settle this dispute? I need to be free. I need peace. I need joy. And that's what Jesus desires for each and every single one of us. So besides that example, dispute, settling disputes, the second example, the second gospel example that we get where the evil one tries to spiritually enslave our minds is when it comes to suffering. Every single one of us is going through some type of difficulty, some type of suffering. We can go around the room and everyone can at least list one to five things. Every single one of us. And when we go through suffering, this is a perfect opportunity for the evil one to come in full throttle into our lives and say, and try to enslave us in our minds, to keep us enslaved. In today's gospel, we heard about two very tragic events which caused people a lot of sufferings. We hear first about Pilate who killed innocent people. We don't know why, but he killed innocent people. There was a lot of suffering there. We also heard about a tower that fell and killed 18 people. A lot of suffering. And the evil one wanted to enter into that, to spiritually enslave the people in today's gospel because they ask Jesus a question, which they're overthinking a lot. They ask Jesus a question and they say to Jesus, did those people die because they're bad? Did those people die because they're being punished? Are they bigger sinners? Do you see how the evil one's coming in to start uh, questioning in the mind? to enslave. And they ask Jesus these questions. And Jesus says, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they are greater sinners than all other Galileans? And he says, by no means. By no means. And we fall into that trap. When we're suffering, that's an opportunity for the evil one to come in. Here we are 2,000 years later. Same tactics, same lies, same suggestions in order to enslave us in our minds. He comes in when we're suffering, when we're struggling, going through a difficult time. He tries to enslave us by saying, 
you are suffering right now because this is a punishment that God wants for you because of this. And you fill in that this. Right? We try to wonder, why am I going through this? I'm a good person. What did I do? Is God punishing me? Because it's enslavement of the mind. Makes us crazy. We want answers. Or the evil one will say, so-and-so is suffering in your family, your kids, your coworker, because uh, they're evil, or they're bad, or they're huge sinners. We see things on TV, innocent people, and then we put a judgment, oh, that happened because of this. Oh, oh, that happened to this family because of that. Oh, they did this. And we start to wonder and try, this is enslavement of the mind. Or I oftentimes hear people, bad things, Father, keep happening to me. And because bad things keep happening to me, my life must be cursed. And we just keep wondering, am I cursed? Is there an anna on me? Is there a dotha on me? Oh, there is a snafas on me. And we're so obsessed and we want to figure it out. This is enslavement. Rather than focusing on the power of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, who seeks our freedom, we're enslaved in the mind to what's going on around us. And this evil eye, and all these, these things that are happening in our lives. This is a trap. We can't fall for the trap. We can't fall in this type of way because it's not what God seeks. It's not what God wants. God says, no. Listen, if we're atheist or whether we're Catholic, we, just by living in this world, as I said before, we live amongst broken people, ourselves included, and we live in a broken world. So we will endure some pain in our lives. We will endure some type of suffering in our lives. It just comes with living in this world. When we get to heaven, no suffering, no cancers, no viruses, no diseases, no sicknesses, no nothing. But right now in this world, we will endure some type of hardship. So the evil one wants to come into that hardship in our times of suffering and say, this is why that's happening. Oh, this is a punishment for you. God, has doing, God is doing this. And we will not become slaves to that. And the final example in the gospel today, gospel example number three, so besides settling disputes where the evil one comes in, besides suffering where the evil one comes in to try to enslave us, the third example where the evil one tries to spiritually enslave our minds is when we're getting impatient with something we're praying for. When we're getting impatient, we're told in today's gospel of a woman who was crippled for 18 years. Talk about somebody who's probably getting really impatient. For 18 years, she's praying. This lady, we're told that she has some type of problem with her back. She is bent over. So imagine for 18 years, all you do is walk. And every time you walk, all you can see is the dirt on the floor and the garbage on the floor and the rocks on the floor. And you can't see anything else going around you because you can't look straight and you can't look up. For 18 years, this is what she dealt with. And for 18 years, she probably prayed for some type of healing. She probably prayed for some type, of, uh, some type of prayer to God, seeking some type of relief for 18 years. And I guarantee in her humanity, she was getting um, impatient. All of us get impatient at times. And what did, I'm sure the evil one saw this for 18 years. He probably started on day one when this problem happened with her back. And then until the day that she got healed by Jesus for 18 years, the evil one was trying to come in, enslave her in her mind, and say things to her like, God has forgotten about you. Your prayer is a waste of time. God answers everyone else, but not you. 
What have you done in your life that, that this is happening to you? you? Something's going on in your life. God doesn't love you or care about you. And here we are, 2,000 years later, and the same again, the same tactics, the same enslavement that the evil one is going to say to us. God has forgotten about you. God is, a, our prayer is a complete waste of time. And God answers everyone else besides you. Because it's an opportunity when he sees us getting impatient in our prayer, come in and come in hard. And today, 2,000 years later, right, besides those tactics, those lies, these suge- there's even more suggestions that the evil one will take on. The evil one will go and take it a, a step further and just say, you know what, it's taking too long. Take matters in your own hands. Don't wait on God. Just take matters into your own hands. Right? And this looks differently for each of us. He could say to the non-married person yet, right? Hey, you're not married yet. And God is taking too long. You've been praying for marriage for a long time. And, and, and your boyfriend or girlfriend, they say they love you. So, so why wait till marriage? Just live it out now. Have fun. God's taking too long. There isn't anyone out there for you. Or he'll say, you know, you can't have a baby, so let's take matters into your own hands. You know, children are, are a beautiful thing, and you deserve a child, and yes, people want children, and that's a hard thing to deal with infertility. But you know what? Take matters into your own hands. Who cares what the church teaches with different situations? Just take matters into your own hands. Don't wait on God. He's taking too long. He's forgotten about you. Or, you know, you can't seem to pass this test yet. It's been three times. Just cheat or find a different option. Or you want to know your future and it seems to be, God seems silent about that, so how about a psychic? You know, you need answers. We need answers. Or you know what? You need need some money. And God doesn't doesn't seem to be answering your prayer. Business is slow right now, so how about we sell some drugs? Everyone seems to be doing it. What's the big deal? Or, you know, you seem really anxious and there may not be a cure for you coming up with what you're dealing with. So, you know, how about some marijuana? It looks differently for each of us. But constantly, when we're getting impatient with God, we're getting impatient with our prayer requests, this is a perfect opportunity for the evil one to come in and say, just take matters into your own hands. Do not wait on God. He does not care. And we'll end with this. We can learn a lot from the woman in today's gospel in different areas where the evil one is trying to spiritually enslave us. She did three things. She kept her eyes. The woman did not fall for the master of spiritual slavery's lies, the evil one. She didn't fall for those lies. The woman was patient in her prayer request for 18 years. And most importantly, she never lost her faith. She kept her eyes fixed on Jesus. And how do we know that? How do we know she kept her eyes fixed on God, she didn't fall for the lies, and that she wasn't patient? How do we know that? Is because we're told that when Jesus found her, he found her in the synagogue in the temple. She could have been at home, depressed, curtains closed, you know, this over her face, and she's just having a pity party about all that she's going, oh, this is not fair. She was at the temple. She was praying. She kept her eyes fixed on Jesus. 
And because she was patient, and because she didn't fall for the lies, and because she remained faithful, she received that day as she did not show up the healing she's been praying for for 18 years. She didn't hide. She didn't withdraw. She didn't turn to drugs and other things. She kept her eyes fixed on Jesus. And Jesus saw that, and he says to her, woman, he approached her. And when he approaches her, he heals her. She didn't even ask him to heal her. He went up to her. He heard her. He saw her, and he healed her. So brothers and sisters, although physical slavery became illegal 157 years ago, Jesus made spiritual slavery illegal 2,000 years ago. The spiritual slave master, the devil, seeks to enslave our minds when we need to settle with our opponents, when we are suffering, and when we are becoming impatient with a prayer request. And many of us will come forward to receive Jesus in the most holy Eucharist today. What will Jesus find in your soul? What will he find in my soul? Will Jesus find a soul that has allowed their mind to be spiritually enslaved by refusing to settle with their opponents, suffering alone, and taking matters into their own hands because they become impatient with God with their prayer request? Or will Jesus find a soul that has not allowed their mind to be spiritually enslaved because they have settled with their opponents, they suffer with Jesus, and they're patient with their prayer requests? Brothers and sisters, we have a very important decision to make. Let us reflect on that decision over the next minute. With no judgment, self-condemnation, let me ask myself, who is my master? Is my master the evil one who's enslaving me? Or do I belong to Jesus Christ, the true master? Amen? Amen. Amen.